Scott White's bedroom. This is Fantasy Baseball Today. Welcome. We've got uh, fringy starting pitchers to talk about and hopefully a guest appearance from the Tiger Cat. What up, Scott? <laughs> Welcome back, Adam. Welcome back to my humble abode. Thank you. That is especially humble right now because it's totally disheveled. Totally, totally gotten torn apart. Not by the storm itself, but by, like, preparations for the storm, you know? Yeah, no, it's, it's very yeah, much intact. Still not pieced back together, so it's a work in progress. It sure is, and uh, work in progress, your fantasy team is not exactly a work in progress, but winning that fantasy championship, it is right there, it is in your grasp. We are so close, let's bring it home. Uh, I'll tell you all about um, Carlos Gonzalez. All right, I feel good about that one. I hope you all picked him up. 71% owned, two homers yesterday. Uh, Dylan Peters, Kyle Gibson, who should you be adding? Who should you be adding, Scott? Who should you be adding? Well, I guess Scott Alexander, we had some confirmation there. He is the front runner for saves for the Royals because he got a save. Not the cleanest inning, but um, he actually got it done, which is more than we can say for others they've tried in that role recently. That's right. Better uh, than so Brandon Mauer. All right, Scott Alexander looks like could be the Royals' closer to finish the season. Of course, that doesn't mean he'll get every save chance, but Scott appropriately called him the front runner. I am just going to say, Carlos Gonzalez, I don't want to miss out on it. Unfortunately, Gonzalez is at San Diego and at San Francisco next week. Not exactly parks that are conducive to cargo, but that said, not Pitching exactly. Pitching staffs that are. Right, Exactly. Uh, and he has hit four home runs in September. They've all come on the road, two at the Dodgers, two at the Diamondbacks. He's batting four thirty eight with four home runs and seven doubles in September. So I'm very happy to have Carlos Gonzalez in a lineup right now, and I will be keeping him in the lineup until further I notice. Swear, I, I swear one of these years Carlos Gonzalez will reach September 30th, batting 190 with six home runs, and then he'll have like a 15-homer day. <laughs> Like that's it. Like he just keeps pushing it back further and further and further, and we want to write him off. We think we can, and then he does something like this. Well, we were kind of right to write him off. I mean, he. It was better to drop him and see what happened than to keep him than waste a roster spot on a guy that was just so bad for so long for five months. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What else you got for me, Scott? Ozzy Albies has been really good. Uh, okay. Uh, so, has he now? Be- y- yes and no. So, last 28 days, Albies, what a day for Albies yesterday. 39% owned, 3 for 5, home run, 2 doubles, 3 runs, and a steal. So, last 28 days, how's he doing at second base? Batting 337, but number 7 in points, that's pretty good, number 13 in roto. And the reason why, only that one home run. Now, in those 28 days, six doubles, five triples. That's why he's been so much better in points than Roto. Ten walks, 20 strikeouts, and like I said, three steals. So it's just like, yeah, he's done everything but homer, basically. Yesterday, Albies did homer. Uh, What do you think? 39% own. I think he's heading for average. Up up for the seat to this... Sorry, for the season, since he got called up at least 39 games, he's now batting 293, and in a way that appears sustainable. The, the BABIP is not that high over 300. If he had the plate appearances to qualify, he'd have a top 50 strikeout rate, so it makes a lot of contact. 
I'm encouraged by the fact that A is a 20 year old. He's making contact at this rate in the majors. And while the home runs aren't there, he's getting a lot of extra base hits. And we know he can run. You know, I'm a little disappointed he has only three steals so far in, in the near 40 games in the majors, but he's stole more in the minors and we know that's something he can do. This isn't the first time this comparison has been made anywhere, but it's kind of reminiscent of the way Jose Altuve started his career um, after coming up with the minors, showing a lot of the same skills. Now, I feel like Jose Altuve is on another planet. I mean, Hall of Fame track. It's, it's, it's not fair to compare any up and comfort of that. But could Ozzy Albies be a poor man's Jose Altuve as soon as next year, age 21? It's not far-fetched. He's definitely... Somebody who should at least get a lot of consideration on draft day in mixed leagues. All right, Ozzy Albies again, thirty nine percent owned. Would you at this point be starting him over Robinson Cano? <laughs> I wouldn't. I understand why you're saying that, but no, I wouldn't. Would you start him over Ian Happ? Yes. Happ doesn't even play every day, so that's no. an easy call. Okay. Good for you, Ozzy Albies. You are officially relevant. All right, welcome to the show. Here we go. Let's uh, let's get through the rest of yesterday. Do a little next year look ahead with some hay, real quick. Get the trusto meter out. News and notes for you. Not too many. Lance McCullers scratched from today's start with an arm injury, with arm fatigue. Arm fatigue. They say they're yeah. not concerned. I don't really know how you could not be concerned, but <laughs> well, McCullers himself compared it to what a pitcher goes through in spring training. Uh-huh. And, you know, he had a lot of, like, simulated games. I think he had one rehab start. So it wasn't a lot of game environments building back up. And it was it was a thing where he could pitch through it, but they have so many other pitchers. Remember, we've been worrying about who they're going to remove from the rotation that they're just like, whatever, we'll skip you. Well, yeah, and, and Fires is going to replace McCullers in today's start. But Peacock is is pitching for McHugh this week, right? Like, Peacock is at the moment in the rotation? Oh yeah, Peacock. I haven't seen anything about Peacock being removed. Yeah, he's pitched too well. He was supposed to make that start over the weekend in the doubleheader and then go to the bullpen, but it looks like Peacock is staying in the rotation. So did they ever say he was going to the bullpen? I think I thought we were just concerned he would. I didn't. See, well, I, I read. Remember. I read in the Houston Chronicle it will likely be his last start before going to the bullpen. Hmm. That was okay. the doubleheader start, but I think it went so well, and at the same time, I believe McHugh had a bad start. And yeah. so I think Peacock, they're, they're not putting fires back in the rotation and taking Peacock out. That wouldn't make sense. They're putting fires in the rotation for the start for McCullers today. Right. Right. Uh, so we thought it was going to be Verlander, Keichel, McCullers, and then McHugh, and then someone between Morton, Morton Fires, and Peacock. It might yeah. be Peacock at this point. Uh, or it might be six man. I mean, the, the reason we suspect Peacock is because he was already in the bullpen earlier this year and was great. That's why he got the opportunity to start again. So would Morton be great in the bullpen? Would McHugh be great? We don't know. Obviously, um, they're going to have to narrow the rotation down even more by the time the playoffs start. So, so whatever of those pitchers are successful in the bullpen give themselves a better chance of making the postseason roster. Let me tell you something that's been 
great for the Red Sox right now. Great for the Red Sox. The Indians have won 20 games in a row. And they are, yes, they have. I, I think, a half game back of the Astros. Who would you rather play in the first round if you're the Red Sox? The two seed, uh, which right now would be Cleveland, or the one seed, which would be the Astros? Who would I rather play? I guess the Astros. Of course. But, who I mean, wants I to play Cleveland? I don't want to play the Astros. But who wants to play you know Cleveland? You know what's weird about Cleveland? Because there was a lot of hype coming in. Obviously, they nearly won the World Series last year. And then they got Edwin Encarnacion and added him to the lineup. They got Carlos Carrasco back, that he wasn't available for their playoff run. So um, they were going to have a full year of Andrew Miller. So we really liked the Indians coming in. We thought they were uh, arguably, at, at least in the conversation, for best team in baseball. Mm-hmm. And it's taken them a while to get there. Obviously, this 20-game winning streak kind of validates that thinking. But it... It's interesting that even after going 20 and 0 their last 20 games I I think they're still kind of a long shot to win 100 for the season. That kind of shows you how slow they were out of the gate. They'd have to go 11 and 6 to win 100 games, which is certainly possible. It's pretty possible. But I I'd bet against it. I mean, that's a better winning percentage than they have for the season. I was wrong, by the way. They are they are in first place. They are now, I think, a game and a half up on Houston uh, with this 20-game winning streak. So right now it would be Houston and Boston instead of Cleveland and Boston. And why is that so significant? Because there's one team in baseball that Chris Sale can't pitch against, and it's Cleveland. He sucks against Cleveland. So, <laughs> um, well, I had this thought, too, with, with Kluber throwing a shutout. Like, is Chris Sale the Cy Young no, in the AL? Kle- Kle- Kluber is now the Cy Young, in my opinion. I mean, Sale still leads the majors in strikeouts. He still leads the AL in wins, or he's tied with Kluber. Um, he obviously has more innings because Kluber missed all of May, basically. So, I, I mean, if tomorrow... You have to make me choose between Kluber and Sale. I'm going to choose Kluber. Like, Kluber is the better pitcher right now. Mm-hmm. But is that early season work? I think it still tips the scale in Sale's favor for now. It's just how are the last three turns going to go for these two, probably. It's if possible. Sale has a, has a bad start or two, that might change it. And see, this is where, you know, maybe I disagree with uh, the stat heads. I don't know. But they have a pretty similar amount of innings. Sale has pitched uh, 11 more innings this year. Sale has 35 more strikeouts, but Kluber has a 2.44 ERA and a 2.76 ERA for Sale, and Kluber has a better WHIP. So if we're going to take either strikeouts or ERA as the deciding factor in the in the Cy Young Award voting, like it's definitely ERA, definitely ERA for me. So that's why Kluber with a 2.44 ERA compared to 2.76 for Sale would get my vote. It's definitely a race now. We can oh, yeah. agree to that much. Oh yeah. And I'll add, you know, because I said tomorrow, which would I take? Next year, I'm going to take Kluber over Sale because there is a specific change Kluber made to go off on this tear that he's had the last four months, um, emphasizing his curveball more at the suggestion of his pitching coach. It came up when he was on the DL, and he started doing it as soon as he came back, and he has just been unconscious since then. So. I have a greater, 
I have more trust in Kluber being a Cy Young level next year than I do Sale, even though, you know, they're obviously both great pretty much every year. By the way, the 2018 MLB season is going to start on March 29th. That is early. Uh, so hmm. get, you know, we're, as soon as the season's over, we'll just do position previews. We've gotta get, yeah, get started. Makes sense. Mark Melanson had forearm surgery. He should be ready in about two months. Uh, Chris Russin got a save for Colorado, but Greg Holland was unavailable. Japanese starting pitcher, uh, Shohei, I, th- I hope that's how you pronounce it. Otani is expected to play in the major leagues next season. He throws like a hundred. He's a hitter as well. He's a big yeah. time, big time, I guess, prospect. Interesting you chose to call him pitcher as opposed to outfielder because he could have gone either way. Yeah, we don't know. I, I thought it was more likely he's a pitcher at the bigs. Well, here's the thing. He could, I think he could be both. And, you know, it's going to take an organization, a forward thinking organization buying into that. Um, but by coming out next year instead of the year after the way the international signing rules worked, he's, he's costing himself, himself tens of millions of dollars. If he just waited another year, he could get a lot more money. But by coming out now, Basically, every team's going to have a chance to buy him at the same price. So every, it's it's on an even playing field as far as money goes. I'm thinking he's doing it to ensure he does go to an organization that's open. <laughs> you see, right now the listeners are being treated to the way Scott White thumps his hand and his fingers when he makes points. Oh, is it? It's right. The under, microphone's attached to my laptop. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. So we're getting tapping that. along. Were you trying to figure out what that sound? No, was? I I knew what it was. I knew what it was. <laughs> but that was. Uh, what would we do in fantasy if he's an everyday outfielder who pitches once every five days? Well, believe me, this is this is something that's already come up, and there's not. Ultimately, it's not going to be my call. I'm not. You know, I'm I'm an editorial. I'm not in, in in the product side of things, but I am thankful that they they do uh, they do give me some input on it at least. And I don't I don't know. I've gone back and forth on this myself, and um, because obviously, if he is basically playing every day when he's not pitching and is a full time hitter. Uh, you want credit for his hitting stats, but if you just make him a singular entity, pitcher and hitter combined, like you can't just count his hitting stats as a pitcher and not count every pitcher's hitting stats. And if you count every pitcher's hitting stats, suddenly AL pitchers become a lot more valuable relative to NL pitchers because pitchers as hitters stink. You know, they're going to break down your batting average and not in an insignificant way if you have a, a staff full of NL in L pitchers. If Otani so, is good, and we yeah. somehow were able to count both his hitting and his pitching stats, and he hit almost every day, mm-hmm. he's a first round pick. He's the pro- he's the most valuable player in fantasy. Right, right. So you can't right. do it. I here's what I would do. You can tell the bosses this is Adam. This is good old <laughs> Adam Azer's suggestion. This is Adam's idea. Okay. You can draft him as a hitter and a pitcher. Every week you have to declare if you're starting him as a hitter or a pitcher. And you get the points or the, the stats for one or the other, but you can't do both. I mean, if he's, he'd probably be the most valuable player in real life too, if, if he's a full-time hitter who's good and a full, and a pitcher who's good. So I don't know that it's like, maybe he should be the obvious first overall. Well, pick. what do you think about my idea? 
You only get his hitting or his pitching stats every week, but you get to choose. I mean, it's I have brilliant. I haven't. I, I don't love it, but I haven't heard what? a clearly better idea either. <laughs> I mean, there's been the idea floated that we have two Otani's out there. Ooh. Somebody can draft him as a pitcher. Somebody can draft him as a hitter. I that was like actually, that. That was actually my idea. I think that's even better. But it's. it's I think that's better. It's like kind of ridiculous at the same <laughs> time because you're dividing the same person into two players. <laughs> it's so funny that you could go head to head against the same player. That is so exactly. funny. I it's love crazy. it though. I love it. But uh, I mean, this this may just be a start of a new trend because, like, Otani has to do this. He's been too too overwhelmingly good in both areas in Japan. But you know, the first two pick or two of the first five picks in this year's draft, Hunter Green for the Reds and um, Brendan McKay. I may have gotten that first name wrong, but of the Rays. They were called, they were drafted, Green was drafted, they called him a pitcher when he was drafted, they called McKay a first baseman when he was drafted, but so far they've been doing both in the minors. Green's fared better as a hitter, McKay's fared better as a pitcher. So, like, there's a chance, if this continues long enough in the minors, that maybe those two guys get called up as two-way players as well, and this starts a whole new trend in baseball, which we're gonna have to figure out the right way to do it in fantasy, because it's a game changer. That would be really fun. It would be very fun. All right, Gio yeah. Gonzalez's $12 million option with the Nationals was vested yesterday. That's good news for the Nationals based on what we've seen from Gio this year. Uh, Fringy starting pitchers. Let's see who we want from this group. Eduardo Rodriguez. Last two starts have been good. Four before that were not good. He had a good matchup yesterday against the A's, and he did walk four, but he only gave up one hit and one run in six innings with nine strikeouts. Either at Tampa Bay this weekend, or if they bump him, it'd be uh, at Cincinnati next week. Uh, actually, no. Uh, at Tampa Bay this weekend, I don't think they're not going to go six man. So then he'll also have Cincinnati on the road next week. Eduardo Rodriguez, Sean Manaya. I don't see how you can trust him at this point. Uh, Robert Stevenson was bad yesterday. Good call, Scott. Garrett Richards was good. Uh, it was uh, I was surprised. Five innings, one run, four strikeouts against Houston. He will be at Houston next week. Um, Blake Snell bounced back with a good start against the Yankees. He's been mostly good lately. Uh, and Dylan Peters, pretty good against Philly. Kyle Gibson dominated the Padres. Dominated, and he's 32% owned. And Joe Biagini was very good last night against the Orioles, but he only struck out two. Biagini's got the Twins this weekend. That's the one start. That Blake Snell got crushed lately. It was against the Twins. We saw they hit seven home runs yesterday. Don't I don't want to start uh, fringe guys against the Twins, especially if it's at Minnesota, which would be, be a genie this weekend. Uh, but yeah. we got Eduardo Rodriguez, Sean Manaya, Stevenson, Richard, Snell, Peters, Gibson, be a genie. Who are your who are your favorites there? Who's uh, worth owning? There's some reactive th- thinking. No fringy pitchers against the Twins. They, dude, um, how good have they been? <laughs> For a while now. It's a tough matchup. Uh, let's see. My favorite is Blake Snell, followed closely by Richards and Rodriguez. And those are really the only three I like right now. Tired of playing the Manaya game. What about Pete? what about Dylan Peters? I mean, he gave up ten base runners in six innings at the Phillies. He hasn't been bad yet. He's he's had three starts. One was the first one was really good. The other two have been so so. 
Uh, he's the, I guess he's fourth of this group, but he's not, I'm not as motivated to own him as those other three, as Snell, Richards, and Rodriguez. So Richards has Houston on the road next week, and, um, Snell has the Cubs next week, and maybe at Baltimore, I'm not sure if he's, I think he's gonna be a two-star pitcher, but I'm not sure. Peters, I, th- I might start this weekend against Milwaukee, but I don't think I'll, I'll be comfortable. He'd have to dominate Milwaukee for me to start him at Arizona, Dylan Peters, next week. Yeah. What do you think about sure. Gibson, though? Gibson, last five starts, 34 and two-thirds, five runs, three walks, 26 strikeouts. That included a start with no strikeouts, but other than that start, he's had good K numbers. And he's set to face the Tigers next weekend and the Blue J- next week and the Blue Jays this weekend. Yeah, other than that start, he's had good K numbers. It's still, it's still weird that you have a zero strikeout start during that stretch. And the, the hit rate has been high. I'm, I'm still not on board Gibson. It's, it's been, it's too quick of a turnaround and not, like, not one of these overwhelming, you know, suddenly he's striking at everybody in sight. Like, I, I feel like I'd buy that more. That would be a clear transformation. Uh, for where Gibson was than what we're seeing now. Let's go to the bullpen. Zach Britton. Blew a save. He had been scoreless mm-hmm. in nine of his previous ten appearances. He came in and got the final out of the eighth inning, and then he got beat up in the ninth at Toronto. His second blown save, Zach Britton. We already talked about Scott Alexander. And we did mention that Kyle Bearclaw would be someone to pick up if he needed saves, but we didn't mention that he'd be even better to pick up if you needed blown saves, a terrible whip, and a bad ERA, that's really what Bearclaw was was meant to be uh, used for. Um, and uh, Brad Ziegler trying to work his way back. So it's a mess in my. I don't know. That there's much here. Britain's not losing his job, and it's kind of a mess in Miami. Yeah, they're gonna go with Fritter next time. Oh, that was an awful joke. I'm sorry. They're gonna go I'm with. Sorry, I said that. <laughs> Bearclaw, Fritter. That's awesome. That's a great joke. No, it was terrible. I mean, it was terrible, but that was part of the fun of the joke. I hated it as it came out of my mouth. We'll do the trustometer in just a second, but let's face it, people. Everybody's judging you, okay? People are looking at you. They're making judgments. Scott looks at someone, looks at how they're dressed, and decides everything he needs to know about that person just by the way they're dressed. So you better dress well. Did you talk to me? Is this a conversation we had before or something? No, I'm just making you out to be a jerk when that's just not okay. the case at all. all. Right. Thank you. But you do need to dress well. But it's important. You need to look good. You know, whether you're going to a job interview or you're going to work or you're going to a wedding or or whatever. I'm going to a I'm going to my first baptism this weekend. I'll be wearing my Indochino suit to my first baptism this weekend. Uh, not me. I'm not getting baptized, but I'll be wearing the suit. And, uh, look, I love my Indochino suit. You all know it by now. It's been 24 weeks of me telling you how much I love it. And I really want you to get a suit that you love too because it's something that you don't realize how much you need it until you actually have it. And Indochino is the fastest growing and the biggest uh, made-to-measure menswear brand in the world now. They've suited up hundreds of thousands of men. You can go to online and do it all online, Indochino.com, I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com. Pick your fabric, customize it. Submit your measurements, and in just a few weeks, you've got an awesome suit. So our listeners get any premium suit on Indochino.com for $379. That's 50% off and free shipping when you enter the code FFT at checkout. 50% off a regular price for a made-to-measure premium suit. Shipping's free. 
Indochino.com. Promo code is FFT. Tell me how much you trust these guys going forward, 0 to 10. Aaron Judge. I will give Aaron Judge about a 7. I will give him a 2. He had a good week <laughs> a last little, week. Yeah, he had a good weekend, right? He had a very good weekend. He he had three home runs and eight walks last week. Most of the production came on Sunday in a two-homer game. And he went 0-3 with uh, three strikeouts yesterday. He does have the rookie record for walks, so that's cool, but. Alright, I'll, I'll drop it to a six. Okay, fine. I'll increase it to a 2.1. Miguel Cabrera is a one for me, Scott. Uh, sure, I guess. I mean, I don't know what the real difference is between a one and like a two, but he's on the wrong side of five. That's for sure. I don't want to start him. Miguel Cabrera. If I can help it. Andrew McCutcheon, zero to ten. Um, we'll give him a seven. Okay. Hopefully coming out of it a little bit. Three multi-hit games in his last eight, but only one home run for McCutcheon since August 8th. That came on Sunday. Jake Lamb, zero to ten. Let's give him, how much has he been sitting against lefties? I know you said, I see here you have him, I see here you pointed out he sat on Sunday. Against a left-hander. Type, 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 type. Uh, I was hoping I was doing it quietly. <laughs> I wanted to find it. Let's um, see. Let's see how you do it. Uh, let's I, give him a seven also. Look, he's not. That's my favorite number today. Seven. I mean, not only is he sitting occasionally against lefties. I, I'll look it up for you so the for the listening pleasure. Um, not only is he sitting against lefties, but Lamb is not hitting well. Entering yesterday, he had a 203 batting average since the All-Star break. Entering yesterday, he was batting 206 with one extra base hit in 10 September games. And yesterday, he went 0 for 3 with two strikeouts. So it's really hitting fantasy owners hard right now. I understand. But even with all that terrible production, Jake Lamb is the number six third baseman on the season. So That's true. I mean, are we just going to forget about all he did before? Good player slump. We have, I know, but with two weeks left in the season when you have to win, like it's yeah. kind of easier to forget about it. But I mean, you pick up the high hand. You're going to pick up Michael Franco, I guess, is no, the other end no. of the spectrum. <laughs> no. And he has sat against the last two and three of the last five lefties. So if you have Lamb and he has a lot of lefties next week, beware. Uh Tim Beckham. Tim Beckham is 71% owned. He's only batting 200 in September. He does have two home runs in his last four games, though. Uh Trustometer for Beckham, 0 to 10. He'll be like a 2. I never trusted him in the first place. Jay Bruce. We talked about him a little bit yesterday, but Jay Bruce. Let's stick with seven for Jay Bruce. <laughs> seven. Cra- seven. You're going to go play craps seven. after this, Scott? <laughs> uh, and finally, Tommy Pham, who went one for four with a triple, two RBIs, uh, and a walk yesterday against the Reds. He four is, runs. Four he runs. did score four runs, right? I thought that was a typo. Yeah. but he, he scored You don't four. need to see well. You don't really need to see home plate on the way there. Well, right. Pham is now being affected by his vision issue, which we know is a chronic thing for him. It may affect him more in day games than night games. But uh, what do you think about FAM? What's your trustometer on FAM? Yeah, that's probably like a three. 
Ooh, really? He's he's been in and out of the lineup. It's not clear that it's resolved. He can't play like that. I mean, hardest thing to do is hit a baseball, right? And if you're not seeing it as well as you can, then it's virtually impossible. So, yeah, um, I just I think that it's harder to, for me to dunk a basketball than hit a baseball. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, you know, have. What about throwing a baseball? Throwing a baseball at the velocity you have to throw it to be a major league pitcher Hard. is impossible, right? Yeah, I can't do it. Right. I mean, it, the kind of training that must go into making that even possible, you know, cause you, you they get those radar guns set up at the game, mm-hmm. whatever. Like you put your whole body into it and you can't hit 70. Do you, you know, do you think you can well, hit 60? Oh, I definitely can hit 60. I, I've, I've hit 69 before, Adam. Really? Yeah. I, I don't yeah. know if I can hit 60. I mean, I feel like you can't possibly be 10 miles per hour stronger than I am. So maybe <laughs> I can't hit 60, but I, I mean, was... I got a lot more like leverage on my arms, yeah. you know, a lot more length to them. Plus you have that, you're um, baby strong from holding babies all the time. Yeah, I guess so. I guess that probably helps. I need to have a baby. It's possible that these little like, Vendor radar guns aren't entirely accurate too. <laughs> it's also possible. It's possible, but, but still, let, let's say we could hit 70. We're still 20 miles shy of like being the worst major league pitcher. How are we going to pick up 20 extra miles per hour? It's impossible. No, it's not happening. <laughs> uh, but maybe better chance of that happening than me dunking. Uh, okay, moving on. So there's your trustometer. Hey, real quick for 2018. Mookie Betts or Corey Kluber? Good question. Yeah. I'm going to say Betts. I still feel like Betts is, you know, he doesn't really profile as a high BABIP guy. He doesn't hit a ton of line drives, but still a 267 BABIP this year. Uh, one-to-one strikeout-to-walk ratio almost on the dot and uh, still has the power-speed combo. I feel like he's, I feel like he's underachieved in a way that you'd expect to correct next year. So, and you know, he's still been a top five outfielder, uh, maybe top 10 in Roto may not be quite top five in that format, but yeah, I'm still going to go with him over Kluber. Okay. Betts is the number three outfielder in points leagues, number nine in Roto after homering twice last night. He is now, he'd have to end the season today for the stat to hold up, but Three straight years with exactly 42 doubles. That he will break that. That's a ton of doubles. My goodness, uh, he'll beat that this year. Double uh, trouble. Hey, real quick for 2018, double donger Reese Hoskins, the fastest player ever to hit 15 home runs, or Jose Abreu. I think he's now the fastest to hit 16 home runs too. Hoskins is. Oh, he had 16. He had two yesterday. Okay, now he had 16. So he's the fastest to 16. Yeah. Yes. And who was the other option? Jose Abreu. In 2018, which of those two? Kind of leaning Hoskins. Is that ridiculous? Uh, I don't know. I, I'm, you know, I, I believe in the sophomore slump. It happens. It didn't really happen to like Gary Sanchez, but. Uh. Yeah, I do think you have to safeguard against it. I do. Um, and I think there's a clear top five at third base going into next season. It's going to be Goldschmidt, Rizzo, Votto, Freeman, and Bellinger. Um, 
I'm pretty much settled on that. After that, it gets murky. Abreu, Hoskins, I guess Justin Smoke would be in that conversation. Edwin Encarnacion still in that conversation. Can, well, I don't know. How is Bellinger like clearly ahead of Abreu and Encarnacion for that matter? Because what he has done at age 21, first taste of the majors, and the way his contact, his various contact percentages, fly ball rate, hard hit rate, uh, they're, they're just like he is, he is the quintessential power hitter. And I think the sky's the limit for the kind of home run hitter he's going to be. Sure does and strike I think the downside a... isn't so low that you don't, that, you know, you might as well gamble on the upside at that point. Sure does strike out a lot though. He does, but it had been better since coming off the DL. And I, I think he's, He's clearly distinguished himself from Aaron Judge in that respect. Yeah, but Judge look, has Judge has a hundred and Judge has like a hundred and eight walks. Bellinger has fifty four. He has fewer games though. He has fewer games, but yeah. the, the walk I mean, rate Judge is not played a lot more. But in terms of how it impacts batting average, like strikeouts are a bigger deal than walks. Yeah. Um. So, I just think. I think the floor is high enough for Bellinger, and I know the ceiling is top five. Um, you know, Jose Abreu, this is as good as he'll ever be right now. And, you know, if he falls a little short of this, he'll be borderline top ten at a deep position. So I just, I just rather shoot for the upside of Bellinger. Hoskins, I can understand there's not as much backing it, as much, as many at bats backing it. But that plate discipline is so good, and it was good in the minors too. Hey, it real just quick, feels like it just feels like another Anthony Rizzo. Hey, real quick, Scott, Marcelo Zuna or Nelson Cruz next year? They have almost they have like practically identical numbers, but Ozuna, nineteen points, better batting average. Yeah, I've had a hard time trusting Ozuna all year, and he's never really slowed down. He's kept that batting average over 300. But it feels like there's going to be some correction coming there. Nelson Cruz is much older, and that's scary in its own right. But he's been so reliable since joining the Mariners, and really the year before with the Orioles. I'm going to go with Cruz. All right, now we move on to some pitchers and discuss this category. How is he doing it? Lance Lynn is the only player in this category. This whole segment is devoted to Lance Lynn. Since the All-Star break, Lance Lynn is a 2.18 ERA. Friends, Lance Lynn is a 2.18 ERA since the All-Star break with 30 walks to 49 <laughs> strikeouts in 74 and a third. How is he doing it, Scott White? Well, he can't keep doing that. The full season line is a little more plausible to me. He's always been, as we discussed uh, last time Al Melchior was on with the two of us, not just you. Um, we talked about how Lance Lynn's always been good at stranding runners. And um, he's always been kind of a statistical anomaly. Okay. Where the whip's high compared to the ERA and the strikeouts are just kind of so-so, but the ERA's low. And I think that'll continue. So you think you're just going to start Lance Lynn no matter what? Yep. Okay. Four-man rotation from yesterday. Let's talk about whether or not Scott's starting these guys. Julio Tehran, he's actually only 80% owned. 
He gets the Mets this weekend, unless they're six-man, in which case he will have the Nationals and Phillies in a two-start week next week. But I believe Tehran, who just shut out the Nationals in seven innings, uh, gets the Mets this weekend. Are you getting, are you feeling more comfortable with Tehran? A little, but I don't think comfortable enough. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, the two, the two starts happened this week and for a one start week, you know, whether it's against the Nationals again or the Phillies, I just don't know that a one start week I'm willing to do it. It'll Standard be the Michigan. Phillies. It'll be the Phillies. Okay. That's kind of interesting, but it is a home game and that's where the, we can trust the ball to hit the sun. I mean, even during this good stretch, the walks have been inconsistent. The strikeouts have been inconsistent. It's very home run prone. It just seems too dangerous. All right, so Julio Teran, good yesterday. Johnny Cueto, bad. Johnny Cueto had a good start at Colorado, and then he follows it up with a bad one against the Dodgers. Four runs on six hits in three and two-thirds with four walks and eight strikeouts against the Dodgers. So Cueto gets Colorado next week, Scott. Starter sit Cueto. At Colorado or no, against home, Colorado? home. Home against Colorado. I mean, I'd probably sit it if I can help it. Okay. Just hasn't been good enough since coming back from the DL. Not as good as I hoped for. Jay Bruce is homer today, so. Ooh, 21? Moving up on the, What's the score? up on the trust meter 21 in a row? What's the score here? <laughs> well, it's going to be different by the time people are listening. I will determine but, based on the score right now if they will win. Go ahead. Three to one Indians, top of the second. Yes, it's over. It's over. Uh, Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole roughed up. He did strike out ten. Who the heck did they play last night? The Brewers? Because I have him facing Pittsburgh in the notes, and I know that's not true. It's not true. Yes, they were facing the Brewers. So he gave up five runs to the Brewers. And he's annoying. Three of his last five starts, Garrett Cole's given up five runs. Only two home runs in that stretch. And right now he's lined up for two starts. Cole has Milwaukee and St. Louis. Start or sit? Yeah, three of his last five, five earned runs, and the other two were zero earned runs. And he's alternated five and zero the last five starts. But one of the five starts, this most recent one, he had ten strikeouts. So, I, you know, it was still a pretty good start overall because of that. Uh, with potentially two starts next week, that's that's definitely a start. Yeah, actually, I'm not sure that he has two starts, uh, but you you never can be yeah. this time of year. And Dylan Bundy, do you do you need him to be on extended rest? He was brilliant yesterday at Toronto. Do you need him to be on extended rest to trust Dylan Bundy? I mean, I feel like the previous start, the one that expired, uh, inspired this eight days of rest or whatever it was, that was kind of the the aberration of late. He had been on a really good run before then. Uh, excuse the typing. Yeah, I mean, he was... His five starts before his previous start, he had a two ERA with 45 strikeouts and 36 innings. So, no, I don't think he's required to have extended rest. Uh, I think uh, the bad start was the aberration, not the good. And that's Dylan Bundy we're talking about. I I don't know that I trust him at the Yankees if he starts this weekend. That is the one team that just roughed him up. That's going to be a tough call. And it might just depend on how I'm looking. Do I need, you know, if it's close in the RA and whip, I'm not sure that I'd go with Bundy at the Yankees. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll see. 
I guess we won't see. Call your shot right now. If Dylan Bundy starts at the Yankees this weekend, start or sit? Sit. I will say start. Oh, okay. Okay. You're forcing me to pick one. Like, I like your, you know, if I need to safeguard ERA and whip, maybe not, but if you're forcing me to pick one or the other, I'm going to say start. How about a look at today's matchups? Just the night games. We got the Marlins and the Phillies. Dan Straley. Oh, do I need, I need Aaron Nola to get crushed tonight. If Aaron Nola gets crushed tonight, I'm probably, I feel good about this week, uh, in my semifinals. Dan Straley and Aaron Nola. And I'm not sure I want to start Straley. He hasn't been that great against the Phillies. I actually looked into picking him up in a daily league to start tonight, and I decided not to. Um, and he's not home. So what do you think, Straley and Nola? I'm going to start them both. I'm not as concerned about the um, – if it's a known bad matchup like that and the pitchers just happen to have a few bad starts against them, it's, it's too small of a sample for me to care. Let's consider, though, that the Phillies might not be a good matchup anymore. Let's consider that for a moment. Okay, so Hoskins has made them better. Odubel's um, got a hit in like 21 of 22 games. Well, Nick, yeah, with the DL stand yeah. in the middle. He just got back. But Nick Williams Nick has Williams. been good. He has a hitting streak going. Franco's been better lately. Yeah. I still think I'd start straight. Braves and Nationals. Luis, go big or go Hara. And Max Scherzer. <laughs> Scherzer, yes. Yes. Gohara and, and no Gohara. No Hara. Mm-hmm. Kevin Gosman and Marcus Stroman. I really need Gosman to get lit up tonight, people. Him and he and Nola just get crushed and we'll be in good shape. You're actively rooting against these pitchers that owners are depending on. I I want to win. I'm a fantasy owner. Gosman sure and Stroman. Do, but there's a lot of Gosman owners out there, and I recommend those Gosman owners. Well, he has a blister on his finger. Let me let good. me think about this first. Good, good, good. Blister on his right index finger. And he wasn't very good last time. Think I'll play it safe and sick, Gosman, but starting Stroman. Jarrell Cotton at Doug Fister. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I'll go with Fister. Definitely not Cotton. Matt Harvey at John Lester. Lester, yes. Harvey, no. Mike Leak for the Mariners. Martin Perez for the Rangers. Mm, no. Okay. Denelson Lamette at Irvin Santana. I really need Denelson Lamette to get whipped tonight, Scott. I really <laughs> <laughs> My opponent has three pitchers going tonight, so it's a big night. Uh, well, unfortunately I'm gonna recommend people start Lamette. I don't this is the tough matchup here. This is at the Twins. They you know, hit, the Twins should be worried about the tough matchup coming their way and Denelson Lamette. They hit seven home runs yesterday, Scott White. They hit seven. I don't care. All right, what about Irvin Santana? And Santana. Both of them. Uh, okay, start them both. Tyler Glass now and Chase Anderson. Definitely Anderson. Really excited about what Glass now is going to do. I think we're about to witness the start of greatness here uh, after Glass now had an ERA over seven earlier this year. Uh, Mechanical changes, walks way down at AAA. But... I want to see it first. I'm going to say sit him. Okay. Uh, Reds and Cardinals. This would be Tyler Mail. Maley? Mail? I don't know. Yeah, I couldn't get consensus on that when I tried researching it a couple weeks ago. Well, the Mail is here, and he's facing Jack Flaherty. Yeah, they're both interesting, but I'm going to say no to both. Rockies at Diamondbacks. 
Uh, Herman Marquez, Patrick Corbin. I don't hate either. I wish their matchups were different. Corbin ended a lengthy string of great starts with a terrible one last time, but I think I'd be more likely to start him than Marquez. Astros and I'm Angels. Okay with you, I'm okay with either. Okay, Astros and Angels, McCullers and Skaggs. Fires and Skaggs. Fires and Skaggs, yes, thank you. Right. Um, neither. And Darvish at Matt Moore. Wow, Darvish has been bad. Terrible. Lately. And they've, I've read something about how they're trying to remake his mechanics. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know that it's going so well. Like, from the beginning, from when he joined the Dodgers, they've started to do that. Uh, but I'm gonna start him against the Giants. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, at least he didn't have like a good track record or anything. Why would they do that? Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, you know, they're, they're going back to something he had previously in his career. It's not like they're just reinventing him. Uh, you know, he wasn't having his greatest year ever with the Rangers, but you know, certainly a solid, trustworthy fantasy pitcher. Mm-hmm. So I kind of wish they'd just leave it for the offseason, but. We'll see. Hopefully it's better this time. Finally, we'll finish the show with some of your emails at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. And here's one from Mike. Mike in Minnesota. I can keep nine in a 10-team categories league. Uh, okay, who? <laughs> he needs five. Wow. So Wilson Contreras, Reese Hoskins, Albies, Benintendi, Buxton, Bregman, Moncada, Rosario, Pollock. Tell me when we have an absolute must-keep. Carlos Martinez, Barrios, Keichel, Peacock, Weaver, Castillo, Reynaldo Lopez. I'll read the names again when we figure out who the must-must-keeps are. Okay, so definitely Martinez. I'll send you the Uh, Carlos Martinez. Yeah, um, I think Keuchel. I don't know. What do you think? So only five total. Well, he's keeping he's keeping Arenado, Corey Seager, Chris Bryant, and Miguel Sano. So he's keeping four hitters. Okay. So now we need Carlos Martinez is one. Other pitchers are Barrios, Keuchel, Peacock, Weaver, Castillo, and Lopez. Okay, so I think I'm going to keep more hitters than pitchers here because I'm though- going to keep. Carlos Martinez, uh-huh. um, Wilson Contreras, yeah, Alex Bregman, Benintendi, uh, Dal- Dallas Keuchel, and Benintendi, or Hoskins. It's between those two. <laughs> okay, for the final spot for me, I think I'd lean Hoskins today, but we'll see how the final two and a half weeks go. All right, here's one from Jake in KC who is beating the crap out of me in the podcast league. Jake says, hey, guys, let's say I'm going to have a two-week final starting next week in a points league. I'm wondering if Scott could reveal his strategy that he might deploy in this situation. Every last detail, please. I'd like to win. <laughs> you will be facing Jake in KC next week in the finals. Yeah. Jake in KC, do we track the amount of transactions that teams have made? Oh, he's got to be up there. Up there, he's lapping the field. He picks and people he was up every day. One seed. I, I think I was the number two seed, right? And he was yeah. number one. Yeah. Um. 
So he comes in with an advantage. He's giving me a hard time on Twitter because, like, every time I make a pickup, he has picked up. That's what every, I to make. He picks up every <laughs> crappy pitcher, and they always work out. Jake and KC, you are a leprechaun. You are so damn lucky. Pitch, pitch streamer extraordinaire. He just um, picked up Fultonevich, Brent Suter, and Jack Flaherty. All this more, uh, well, two yesterday, one today. Now it's really not that complicated what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna start my best player. Like, I only have the number of hitters that fill out a starting lineup. And none of my pitchers I'm looking to drop. So, you know, I'll start the pitchers that are making two starts. I'll definitely start Corey Kluber. And beyond that, I'll play matchups with my pitchers. You're not going to be as aggressive as, as he is in picking up That's two starts. That's for pitchers. sure. Yeah. Sounds like. Yeah. I mean, I've been, like, I'm normally among the most aggressive, right? I make yeah. we both a lot are. of moves. Yeah. But... I feel like there's nobody droppable on my roster right now, so it would take this late in the year. Like, I mean, if Tyler Glass now strikes out 11 tonight or something, I'm not. He may already be owned. I don't know. He's not. Um, I don't think it would take something like that for me to make a move. All right, Dave from Eagle Rock. I don't know where that is, but it sounds nice. Please rank these five pitchers rest of season: Faria, McCullers, Cueto, Peters, Woodruff. Faria, McCullers, Cueto, Peters, Woodruff. And this was Dan from. What the hell is that? Oh, that was by uh, that was a text. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I just uh, said, so. I, who did you say this was from? I just I am I am to you, Scott White. Oh, you did. Yeah. Okay, see, sorry. I have the email. Scott doesn't. So this is this is really yeah. we're roughing it. All right, ranking the five. We're roughing it here. Um. Okay, ranking the five for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Okay. Faria McCullers, Cueto, Peters, Woodruff. Cueto, <laughs> and we don't know how many starts Faria and McCullers are making. That's what makes it tough. I'll go Cueto, Woodruff, McCullers, Faria, Peters, but Peters is a distant fifth, I think. I'm, I'm not sure about the rest. Steve from Boston. Dear Kimberly, Arnold, Willis, and Phil. That is... No, that's not right. I was going to say, hey, Arnold, but that's not true. Yeah, I don't know who this is. Usually when Scott knows and I don't, it's lost. <laughs> it's not lost. Different strokes. Okay. Well, what you talking about, Willis? Uh, there you go. With 19 days left, some of us are going to want to go into protection mode for our ERA and whip. Uh, who are some good deep league middle relievers that you can recommend down the stretch that will <laughs> – this is a tough one. The only name I can think of is a guy who's on the Yankees, and I'm not sure if you're aware, but Chad Green is the new Dellen Batances. Yeah, no, the the Yankees, I'm telling you, man, people are sleeping on the Yankees. The Indians and Astros are awfully good. The Red Sox are awfully good, but the Yankees are built for a deep October run if they could get past that wild card no, game. No, no. They're not. They're you're, not. Just, you're in denial. They have zero great players right now. <laughs> I, I've, I've thought about this. The Yankees are a collection of good to very good players. They do not have a star. That's too much of an insider perspective. Well, Gary Sanchez is the closest thing, but he does lead baseball in pass balls. And he's only a star because he's doing what he's doing as a catcher. Like, I don't, they're, no. They are not, they're, no. No. Well, Adam. Alright, who? Get back to the answer. I yeah. mean, no, Chad Green's a good one. Um, I feel like every time I, I take this tact, 
like the regression happens the moment I pick up the pitcher. And, you know, guys who are dominating an ERA whip, generally speaking, they're due for some correction. So I, I think Tommy Hunter's probably available. He's had a good year since joining the Rays bullpen. A guy who got a save yesterday, Dominic Leone. Like I'm, I'm thinking of deep league options, ones who, um, you know, like I could say Blake Parker, but he's probably owned in a deep league already just for the saves chance, the uh, the prospect of getting saves. All right. I mean, John, John Brevy has had a great whip. Not a great strikeout rate. No. Yeah, I, 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 I can't really help with this though, so just listen to what Scott has. Well, there's just, there's too many names. Like, once you get past the obvious elite setup, man, it's, it's like an unending list. It would just depend what's available in your league. Uh, John in Boston, you need to pick up Delano to Shields, just to answer your question. I already did. Um, George wants to know, Ozzy Albies or Andrews and Simmons? Oh, Simmons. And Daniel from Dan- Danvers, Mass. Keep one next year. Reese Hoskins or Raphael Devers? <laughs> oh my gosh. I love them both. Gonna say Hoskins. And Nick has a, just an impossible question, but we'll try. Nick in Chicago. I need to make up extra innings pitched from non-starters in the last five days of my playoff matchup. Who are some RPs who qualify as SPs that have the best chance to pick up innings without hurting my ratios over the next few days? Who are the best Sparps? I'll actually, um, I'll, if you give me a second, I'll try to look up. Well, guys. the best are already owned, right? I mean, yeah. like I'm assuming Patrick Corbin, obviously Zach Godley. Uh, yeah, I mean, Corbin's too owned for this. <laughs> um, okay, so Erasmo Ramirez has been pitching pretty well. Yeah, that's a good one. Rafael Montero has been... Mm, no. No? No. I mean, Erasmo Ramirez, I don't have a lot of faith in, but I have none in Montero. Trevor Williams, no. Um, Jose Urena? Yeah, I mean, Williams and Urena both are... They're not very exciting. They're not very trustworthy, but they've been steady. Yolisha's seen if he's at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robert Stevenson got roughed up yesterday, and he's no. not going to help your whip, so don't no. do that. Brad Peacock might be available, and I just don't might know. He? Well, he's owned in um, – eh, I didn't realize. He's owned in 84% of leagues, but I dropped him in the podcast league. You can go pick him up, Scott. Uh, I dropped oh, yeah. him. Uh, now I feel bad. I, I feel that. like that wasn't right. Well, Jake and KC, you're listening to this. So both of you need to go out there and pick up Brad Peacock. It's a race. I dropped him if anybody else did because they thought he was going to the bullpen. Keep an eye on him. Uh, do you feel confident at all in Mark Leiter? I kind of like him, but I'm not terribly confident. There have been some ugly starts in there. So there are some names for you. and Thank you for listening, and we're done for the day. I can't guarantee a Thursday podcast. We will definitely have... At least one going forward this week, hopefully two. For Scott White, I'm Adam Azer. Peace!